The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome all of you intentional spirits out there in the world. It's so delightful and such a privilege when we wake up enough to understand that we're always intentional spirits. The question is, what are we intending? And today, the hour on this show, the purpose is to talk about an incredible film entitled Finding Happiness. And I'm privileged today to be interviewing the executive producer, Shivani Lucky. Shivani, welcome to the show. Thank you, Temple, and it's my privilege to be here with you. Well, just the title of the film, it just kind of says it all because it that's where we're at, you know, always at some point in our lives, whether we're doing it willingly or whether we feel like life has forced us upon it, uh, forced it upon us is that we go to this place and go, am I happy? And what does happy really mean? How did you um, become involved with this project? Well, Temple, I was, uh, I've been living for about 44 years in an intentional community. And it's called Ananda, and it has communities all over the world. So the founder of the community, his name is Swami Kriyananda. And in his lifetime, because he just passed away recently in April, in his lifetime, he's been um, sharing spiritual teachings and experiences with people all over the world in many languages in many ways. He wrote 150 books. He wrote 400 musical compositions. So later in his life, he was constantly thinking, are there other ways that I can share spirit with people? And one day he had the inspiration, let's do this through film. And Temple, I happened to be sitting in the room when he expressed that inspiration. And as often happened with him, uh, when the moment of inspiration came, he looked around to see who was present, and there I was. Oh, wow. So he asked me and a colleague of mine if we would take the project. And my first thought was, <clears throat> I've never made a movie. And then I realized, but, you know, spirit knows how to do everything. So why put any blocks in the way? <laughs> why start now? <laughs> right, exactly. Right, so right. I said, I said, okay, sir, let's make this movie. And that was, I think, in 2010. And uh, we asked some people, how long is it going to take to make a movie? And they said, well, about three years from start until when it's released. And we all thought, gosh, that's an awful long time. And But here it is, three years later, and the movie is being released. Uh, well, congratulations, first and foremost. I mean, what an accomplishment, and also what an example of showing what an intentional spirit looks like, that... That's what I feel happens often with people, you know, is that they're so quick to say, no, I've never done that. Well, most things that we uh, embrace, we've never done, (laughs) you know, at least the first time around, we've never done it. We didn't know how to walk when we started crawling either, but yet we were willing to go through a process of vulnerability or learning or education in order that we, we could do that. Well, 
that's that's exceptional. It's, Good. It's, it's, it has been an exceptional journey, and I must say the congratulations aren't due to me or even any of the members of the team. But for me, the Temple, it's been the most extraordinary experience of my life because I really felt from the first moment that this project had its own destiny and that I was not in control of it. I was just kind of hanging on, uh, helping it to fulfill its own destiny. And we've all learned from Kriyananda over these decades, one of his mottos is, say yes to life. So when we say yes, and there's the, a destiny that's happening, whether it's a project or even for ourselves, then, as you know so well, you get into this incredible flow that's so much bigger than you are. And so all these years, Temple, I really feel like I've been hanging on to this high-velocity train for dear life, just trying to keep up with it. (laughs) The infinity of spirit, no doubt, is so much larger than that mystery of life is what I call it. It's just exhilarating and I, you know, just facing every day is like, wow, what's in store today? You know, who, who knows what is, what is possible? Well, I have gone to the website, which I would urge our listeners to do, findinghappinessmovie.com. And you have a lot of great information there. It also uh, shows the achievements and the awards that the film has already uh, been listed and achieved. In that trailer, and through reading the material, this is a, a movie, a, a docudrama that really uh, shows a New York journalist path that goes to the, an assignment at Ananda Village with kind of the eyes of discernment and, and maybe even skepticism. Would you would you say, uh, Shivani? Oh, definitely, she was she was highly skeptical. At, at the beginning, and I mean, that's how, how the script was written, because people are skeptical, and they need somebody in the film that they can relate to, kind of like the every person, the every woman in, you know, her case. And, Absolutely. Yeah, so she, she was the protagonist. She's the connection for the audience, you know, to walk in to this unusual reality that perhaps a lot of people have dreamed of and don't believe can exist. And look at it through her eyes. Now, what's interesting, Temple, I'll tell you a story. When we were, uh, when we were creating that part of the journalist, the uh, original script that the director was uh, trying to work with was of a person who was not a very nice person. You know, she had a backstory. She was, uh, she was fighting with her son. She was divorced from her husband. And when, when we presented this character sketch to Kriyananda, he very simply just said, I don't want anybody in my movie who I wouldn't invite for tea. Oh. And <laughs> so we realized that what he wanted was a person who was curious, a person who was open-minded, but a person who, because of their life experiences and of the society and of the, the work environment that she was in, was going to come with an attitude of skepticism, but that she would, she would be fundamentally a good person. And uh, this is who I think our audience is, people who are good people and who know that, but who also know that their lives have not yet fulfilled their highest dreams. Mm. Yeah, it's so profound and, and so true. And there's, there's a very interesting story about how we found the actress. Because once it was clear the character that we wanted, and we sent the script out to a casting agent... The day that he got it and read it, he said, I met somebody three years ago who I think is a Buddhist and maybe should be interested. And so he sent the script to her. So this all happened like within 24 hours of putting the energy out to the universe. He sent her the script and she read it right away. And when she saw that it dealt with an intentional community and had its roots in Yogananda, she called the casting agent and said, please get me a meeting with the executive producer. I must do this film. And when she arrived at the meeting, 
she uh, spent a half an hour convincing me that she was the perfect person for the film. And it turned out that way because she had grown up with a mother who was deeply spiritual. She had grown up going to ashrams actually in New York City and learning to meditate and following a spiritual path. And then she got into acting and that kind of fell away. And then her mother passed away just two years before she got the script, and she felt bereaved of her spiritual connection, and she felt lost, you know, as though her life was taking her in a direction that she didn't really want to go anymore. So when she saw the script, she felt it was an answer to a prayer. She had asked God if he would bring her back to spirit somehow through her career. And from that moment on, it was just a beautiful relationship. And she's a beautiful spirit. I mean, you can just tell from the trailer as well as um, you can see just her essence uh, in camera, how she's just so connected and has that inner peace about her and has found happiness or at least is... um, taking the next steps towards that inner development of happiness. She's a I love wonderful. Stories yeah, like that. she's 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 a wonderful soul. She practices yoga every day when she was filming, uh, she learned more about meditation and has been doing that. And she she developed a very close bond with Swami Kriyananda to the point that since his passing, she says that she feels him with her guiding her every day. Mhm. And of course, you and I know that that absolutely is is the case and the truth. <laughs> it is, and yeah. and the fact that the fact that that she can feel it, and it was, uh, it's wonderful uh, speaking with her about the journey that she made uh, in doing the film, finding happiness, uh, her personal journey, and how, in a sense, difficult it was for her to keep her character, you know, as a skeptical journalist separate from what was happening to her personally, because in the meantime, during the 26 days of filming, she developed very deep relationships with Kriyananda and with many of the people in the community and in the film. And some of what uh, we see on screen of her transformation actually happened in that very moment. And I think that's one of the things that makes the film so powerful and and such an uplifting uh, emotional experience for people. And that, in looking at the film, uh, when we look at the takeaways that people feel, because obviously everyone wants to order this film, I mean, just the title itself, Finding Happiness, is is a true invitation that your spirit feels pulled towards it. But in addition to that, it's to show how it is possible that people can live and how they can coexist. Is that like the premise of the teaching of the film? Yes, that that's one of its one of its purposes. You know, we go from from the common human desire, you know, all over the world in all ages, that people really want a life that's fulfilling in terms of the quality of their life inwardly. I mean, we would call it spiritual fulfillment, you know, that everything else can be going really well, but there's more. And we go from that premise, uh, Temple, to encouraging people in this movie to ask themselves, you know, what I am doing, is it really making me happy? So it's this this moment of uh, self-awareness, you could say, of, of self-analysis. There's, there's this critical moment in the film where the journalist, after listening to, you know, to many people, asks herself the question out loud, I'm happy, aren't I? Mm. And this is what we would like the viewers to ask themselves. And then to be encouraged through the film to realize that they can make choices, that the choices don't need to be just material or what everybody else is doing or thinking or saying or what they've done even up to this moment in their life, that every moment can be a renewal, you know, can be the start of a new life, of 
a new incarnation. And the journalist, that's what happens to her. She begins a new life through her experience. And one of the things she sees is that people actually can live with each other in full respect, in in love, in harmony, cooperate, and create something together that's so much bigger than any of the parts. So that's one of the things we hope people will take away, that they will begin to live more consciously, more intentionally, and realize the importance of other people in their lives. Because when we leave this life, we're not going to take anything with us, but we are going to take those relationships. You know, that that's so true, and I, I say that quite frequently in, in my teaching and how it's changed my life of doing within my career so many memorials. And so I have led many memorial services over a 23-year period. And that 45-minute window that people speak about you, I mean, even if you're famous, you only get, you know, an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Maybe two, you know. A few people do get televised. But beyond that, that's the window. And it, it is the relationships that you've had within your life that speak for you about you and that's it that is what it's about i i say that to people all the time no one mentions your iras the cds (laughs) you know how many banks or what stock you owned or anything now if you've been a person that has uh, been a philanthropist and you've given you know yes that will be mentioned um, but that's it is the richness of relationships, and I I love what you're saying because we know how people um, tend to hear information, and a number of people would say, "Well, I'm too, um, you know, I love where I live now. I don't really see that I would be able to join uh, an intentional community." But the the idea of the fa- the film is, in addition to that, is to say you can take some of these same intentions and take them right where you are and right in the place that you live. Absolutely so, Temple, because wherever we live can be an intentional community. I mean, why, why not at work to have the intention of living, of working cooperatively and of helping each other so that everybody you know, gets ahead. So bringing the concept of intentionality and of cooperation into everything that we do. And that's what happens in the film to this journalist. She doesn't move to this community or to any community. And the question is open if she ever will. The invitation is there. But she goes back to her life with a different spirit, a different perspective, a different understanding, and you can tell at the end of the movie that she's going to continue doing what she's doing, but it's going to be fulfilling for her and for the people around her. A new level of awakening. I just love the, I love what has been created here. It's just so exciting, and I just see it, you know, just just being viewed everywhere because we're ready. I really feel as a as a world, it's our time uh, to be more awake and to to go deeper into a place of of what true happiness is. I'm Temple Hayes, and I want to thank all of you so much for listening in on the intentional spirit. I want to recognize all of you that continue to make contributions to Unity Online Radio, for we are a voice of an awakening world, and we offer programs such as this interview today with Shivani Lucky, who is the executive producer of the film Finding Happiness. During our short break, go and visit the website findinghappinessmovie.com. We'll be right back. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. 
Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, Words from Our Past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And thank you everyone for joining us today. And I also want to say thank you so much for sharing our radio show, The Intentional Spirit, with so many of your friends and family on social media. It's because of you that our particular show is reaching throughout the world. And I really appreciate all that you do and your support. We're talking today with Shivani Lucky. She's the executive producer of Finding Happiness. And as I urged you earlier to go to the website findinghappinessmovie.com, the movie is built around the idea of Ananda Village in Northern California, and there are a number of Ananda intentional um, communities throughout the world. And Shivani is one that can speak about it because 44 years ago she became involved in this community. Shivani, how... Uh, where were you in your in your life um, that you even sought out or it sought you out an intentional community? Well, Temple, 44 years ago, I was in Washington, D.C., and I was a law student at the George Washington University Law School. And I had dreams and I had hopes I was going to... I was going to help people. I was going to change the world. Maybe I was going to be the first woman on the United States Supreme Court. And during the course of my studies and also by working with many attorneys, you know, as a, as an intern, I was working my way through school, I came to see remarkably, and I, I didn't even recognize it until this moment, that they weren't happy. Mm. And that the professors weren't happy, the students weren't happy, and the lawyers I was with, they weren't, their happiness did not abound. And I became very discouraged. I became very discouraged also with the sense of compromise that's so necessary in that particular uh, profession, but compromising not only of ideals, but also of values. So I was very discouraged, and I really didn't know what to do with my life because all of my young life had been getting to law school and then becoming a serviceful attorney. And uh, I went into just a, a, a period of confusion. We could call it even depression. I'm not a depressed sure. kind of person, but in that moment, I was. And and during that time, I woke up one day, and I heard a voice inside my mind. I think it's the only time I've ever heard something so clearly. The voice said, go to California. And I thought, What? And, you know, I just never, being an East Coast person, you know, California, weird. And, mm-hmm. I, and quite I, a stretch from uh, Washington, D.C. Right. No Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my right. gosh, yes. Right. It was really, oh, my gosh. But it was so strong that uh, a few days later, I went to see the dean of my law school, and I said, goodbye. I'm going to California, and if things don't work out, I'll be back. 
And so I did. I, I went on a journey. I actually traveled through the South, over uh, through Texas. I hitchhiked all across the country. And it was a great journey. I worked along the way, uh, you know, earned a little money. I even hitchhiked on corporate airplanes to get from one city to another. And I was all alone, but I was on my life adventure. And I got to California, and uh, I settled down and didn't know what to do. And one day a friend of mine said, would you like to come to a yoga class with me? And I said, yes, I've been looking for yoga. I don't know what it is. And we went to a class, and there was this American yogi, about 40 years old, teaching this course. And he had studied with a great Indian master and had lived in India. And he started singing to us. He brought his guitar in and made everybody relax. And that was Swami Kriyananda. And that was mm. 1969. And he had just written one of his earliest books called Cooperative Communities, How to Start Them and Why. And he had just purchased a property of about 70 acres in Northern California. So he gave the students a, co a mimeograph copy of the manuscript. I read it and I said, maybe this is the next step on my journey. You know, maybe this is something that, that, I, that will help me to help other people the way I couldn't do through the law. So that year I went and uh, the community it had barely started. There were just a few buildings. There was no accommodation. My, my first house was sleeping on the ground on a mattress of pine needles under a tree. And my second house was a teepee that we made ourselves. And so the, the adventure started. And it was, on the one hand, learning about how spirit can be invited into our lives and move us towards a destiny that we had never dreamed of, and learning also how to cooperate with spirit and with other people, because these were things I had never learned in school. And with nature, I mean, that must oh, have come into play a hundredfold because you are so right. You were so in it and so in, in embraced. Of what I love about it uh, in the art of storytelling is you went from uh, feeling guided initially with your intuition that you were going to be working with the law, uh, when indeed you did, and you always have, but in the natural laws instead of the, the man-made laws. So that's exactly. that's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, it was just a little detour early on. Temple, I remember the first day I was, I was at law school. I mean, I just can't tell you how idealistic I was how enthusiastic I was. I was just totally into, you know, rights and minority rights and the Constitution. And the first day, I think it was in constitutional law, the professor said, if anybody in this class thinks that there's a connection between morality and legality, I invite you to leave because you're in the wrong school. You should be in theology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, yeah. oh, my dear, what a huge mistake I've made. Oh, yeah, it's very disappointing, and I've heard this from a number of people that have pursued that early on in their lives, and just they were just so disappointed in, in what it was. I um, was a um, an individual that pursued um, a lawsuit one time from a, a, a major traffic accident that right. had created some issues with me, and the only reason I pursued it legally is just to have it on record, and I realized then that the law wasn't around the truth. It was around the ability for the attorneys to talk in the afternoon and decide uh, what they were going to decide. It is very shocking. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Um, it was so, it was, it was so discouraging. So, mm -hmm. so discouraging. And, uh, you know, I would ask questions in law school, but isn't there, isn't there a higher law? Isn't there a natural law that all human beings in all times follow? And they said, we don't know. And that's not important because what we deal with is man-made law. And, okay. and you're right. And now I am dealing with a higher law and I'm an advocate just as you are an advocate. And I'm just so happy for that brief moment of, of self-questioning and of depression in my life and of asking myself, do I want to be happy or do I want to be like all of the people I see around me 
who are not leading a, a really happy life. I'm mm-hmm. just so grateful for that moment and that voice that, that, that got me going on the road to California, which is where I met my destiny. Oh, yeah, and I, I, I think it's so great that you had that early training and exposure and disappointment and like I have as well as an advocate, you know, the wounds and the, the various yeah. things and the surprises of, you know, oh, gosh, they're not as awake as I thought they were and all those kind of things because it really helps me uh, resonate and understand with detached compassion where other people are because I totally get it, you know, and, and I can resonate with that feeling of how you feel hopeless and helpless, but yet there is the other way that is, um, as we say, when you have a disappointment, it's simply because there's an appointment waiting for you um, somewhere else. And in your case, it was California. Well, how many of uh, how many people were there with you in this? Were you like part of the very beginning? Then you were part of the pioneering yeah. of this. Yeah. Oh my gosh! What yeah. what a there richness! Were about, there were about twelve people there at that time, and. Uh, now there are hundreds and there's more than a thousand people living in Ananda communities around the world. But of the 12 people who were there at the beginning, eight of them are still there and they're, they're community leaders in different parts of the world now. And uh, I always, Temple, one of the things besides wanting to be a lawyer that I always wanted to be was a pioneer. I remember reading books, you know, when I was a pre-teenager about, you know, going out west in a covered wagon and being a pioneer. And I read a lot of books, you know, about the South. And I just wanted to do something. I wanted to to help create something that was different. And the people who were there at that time and the people who come now, they have a pioneering spirit, you know, either, you know, outwardly to to really have the, the desire to build you know, physically, as we did in those early years, but much more importantly, to be a pioneer in spirit um, and to just go beyond uh, the norm, go, go beyond the normal, go beyond the, the mediocre to really have an extraordinary life and an exceptional connection with spirit, with nature, and with other people. So I'm really so grateful that I've had this journey in my life. And I can say that these years have passed by. It seems like there have been a few years since many decades. And every day I just feel renewed, renewed enthusiasm uh, that life is going to present just exactly the adventures that I need in my path and that the world needs for us to grow together into higher consciousness. Shivani, um, describe for individuals, what does the community consist of? Are there um, uh, like condominiums? Are there uh, houses? Do they have um, like in common uh, gathering rooms for different mm-hmm. activities such oh, as yoga yeah. and those kind of right. things. Uh, walk right. us through that, uh, if okay, you would. Okay, I will. And then when people see the movie, either in the theaters or, or they get it, they'll see a lot about the life. There's In this particular community, which is the first one, called Ananda World Brotherhood Village, there's about 300 people living. There's about 100 homes. So everybody has their own home, but they don't own their own home. They might have built it and made a contribution for which, you know, they have a credit and they have certain privileges. Some people will live in uh, a housing situation where perhaps it's a large house with small apartments in it and some common space. There'll be a common dining room, a common living room, and a common meditation room. Other places in the community, there will be individual family dwellings or perhaps dwellings around, maybe 10 dwellings around a common area. So the community is very large. There's about a 1,000 acres. So it really is a village. And, um, and people, most of the area is green. We try to keep the homes clustered in certain areas so that 90% of the land 
can be maintained as common area and, and, and beautiful. So people uh, work either inside the community or they have their own jobs at home or they work outside the community. For example, there's a medical clinic that was uh, started by one of our members. It's outside the community, very close. A lot of our people work there, and it serves the general area of over 10,000 people. Other people might work in the nearby city, but a lot of people, I would say 80% of the people at the village work inside, which means they could be teachers in our schools. We have schools that go from preschool all the way up to college. They could be working in administration. They could be teachers at our meditation uh, and yoga facility, and there are a lot of people who work there. Uh, they can work on, uh, could be maintaining the roads. We have our own internal telephone system, our own water system, solar. We have solar power. Uh, it's, it, so there, there's so much for people to be involved in. And in a way, it's a normal life, but, but exceptionally normal. So people get up and they meditate. And they meditate either in their home or in their cluster or in the common uh, temples that there are in the area. And every week on Sunday, uh, there is a service where people get together. And every day, there are many opportunities uh, in the evening for different kinds of spiritual activities. They could be uh, devotional singing. They could be discussion groups. Uh, they could be, we have a leadership program that goes on every week, once a week for a whole year because we're training uh, the younger generation to take over uh, the leadership. The schools in themselves are amazing, and they're being spread all over the country through living wisdom schools. And the teachers take care of helping each student progress according to their own needs and their own talents. And they're very good students. When uh, they leave our schools and go on to college, they do extremely well, and almost all of them become leaders. So the community is based a lot on service, serving each other, serving the guests who come, serving God, and serving the world through our outreach programs. So it's a delightful life, and it's something that the journalist and the audience discovers minute by minute, and they get into the lives of about 25 people who are interviewed during the course of the film. So people will see a lot about community life and, and what it's like. And for an hour and a half, uh, one person came out of seeing the movie when we were showing it in India, and they said, oh, I never get to out of the city, out of uh, Bombay. I just feel like I had an hour and a half retreat in a highly <laughs> spiritual place in the middle of nature. Thank you for this 90-minute retreat. Oh, that sounds great. Well, one of the things I'm thinking is I'm hoping all the educators in our world and all our school teachers will watch the film Finding Happiness so they can all be reminded of the original reason that we're to educate, which means to draw out what's already there. I love that concept. Oh, I'm such an advocate for just what you said. Oh, and it's, it's, it's marvelous. They'll see it in the film. And uh, the principle is, and it's said in the film, we are child-centered, not curriculum-centered. Mm. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, my really, gosh. Thank really. you, great spirit. We're starting <laughs> to, to really... Wake up. Everyone, you're listening to Shivani Lucky, the executive producer of the film Finding Happiness. Be sure and go to the website findinghappinessmovie.com and order this movie right now. I'm Temple Hayes, and we'll be right back after the short break. Reverend Paulette Pipe's voice has been called mesmerizing, the sound of spirit expressing in soothing honey tones. If you're one of the loyal listeners who tune in each week for her program, Touching the Stillness, you already know the power of her meditations. 
If her programs leave you wanting more, purchase one or both of her meditation CDs, Touching the Stillness, her first CD, and the newly released Resting in Stillness. This latest CD combines Paulette's alchemic voice with an original score by pianist Kelly Hunt and will transport you to a place of divine peace. Enliven your meditations with Reverend Paulette Pipe as your guide and take her soothing voice and peaceful presence with you wherever you go. Get your copy today. Go to www.unity.org and then click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on Shop at the top of the page. If I were brave, I'd walk the races Where fools and dreamers dare to And never lose faith How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And here we are, and we're talking with Shivani Lucky, the executive producer of the film Finding Happiness, which was a film that was created around Ananda Village. And the deeper essence of it is Swami Kriyananda's uh, life as a disciple of Yogananda that created this wonderful energy of how people can live in community, whether you live in an intentional community of, of Ananda or whether you are a full-time participant at Unity Village with the Unity Movement, that level of retreat and consciousness. We're all part of this intentional community as a globe, actually, um, in encouraging people to live your life every day in a practice of spiritual intention. I just love the work that uh, this is uh, creating, Shivani. It's just so exciting to me. Yes, it, it, it's a movement of consciousness. It, it, it's a moment in time when, uh, when human consciousness is just more open, more capable of perceiving things that are not tangible, you know, not solid. And uh, the world has to go into, into that direction because it's not going in a good direction now. No, and, you know, um, regardless of what we might think emotionally or physically or wherever a person may be, whether they're feeling into their wholeness spiritually or not, um, I belong to another program where it's very simple. If we keep doing what we've always been doing, we'll keep getting what we've always got. And we have <laughs> taken independent thinkers and creative spirits that are born every day and we put them in a box and we want other people to tell them what to be, what to think and how to live. And it creates such a level of uh, repressed energy and vibration and it doesn't work. It absolutely doesn't work. It works by not working is what it does because um, we have a lot of gifted artists and performers and creative geniuses out in the world today that are, you know, uh, somewhere medicating uh, because they never got the okayness within their being that it's necessary for you to be yourself. And this and- film, I feel, jolts that. You know, this is a... A, a beautiful film that has that shock factor element within it that through the story of the journalist, um, I believe that every uh, people viewing it will be able to see, wow, you know, where am I closed off? Where am I not 
awake and what happiness can be. Yes, one of the reasons, uh, Temple, that, that Kriyananda uh, started the script for this film was because of a prediction that Yogananda made a long time ago that uh, the world was he- is heading for a very big crisis and that that crisis is going to come on all levels. It's going to start economically, which of course it has over these past years. This is a prediction Yogananda made in the 20s and that the crises would be natural in natural disasters. He even used the word cataclysm. He said, you don't know what a great cataclysm is coming. And what the world needs are environments in which these kinds of people that you just mentioned, you know, the people who are ahead and brilliant and creative and outside of the box, where, where can they be raised? Because the environments that we have are repressive. So he said, we need to create environments where these spirits can come into their own and lead this world into a completely new age. And that's why Yogananda uh, wanted to, and through Kriyananda he did, start World Brotherhood Communities. Wow. And you have been there for 44 years. Have you been uh, part of the same community in Northern California? I was there uh, up until 1985, and by that time things were very well established. Uh, The schools were established. The publishing house was going well. There were uh, almost, you know, enough homes. People were finding jobs. And at that point, uh, we were expanding. And so Kriyananda asked me and my husband if we would go to Europe and help the fledgling uh, community get started there. So since 1985, we've been living in Italy. And it's only because of this movie that, that I've been coming to the United States, but my home base is there. So for the last 30 years, almost, uh, we've been there. And the Italian center is similar, but different. And there's uh, centers established in many countries, and each one of them has the Ananda feeling, which means joy. Ananda means joy, and people come there for the joy of discovering their higher selves, you know, and living in that way. And then uh, there's uh, Indian communities that are starting. And I've been traveling a lot in India and working with training people there, uh, mostly in the meditation techniques and in how to teach them. So uh, my life has been one, one of traveling. I'm going to go back uh, to Italy briefly Uh, on my way to India, because the film is premiering in India in February, and then in the springtime in Europe. So I I move around a lot, uh, and I think that my roots have to be just in spirit, uh, because, you know, there's no real place to call home except in God. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? And and when we can say that, we, we are home. No doubt about it. Well, when when you look at um, Shivani um, 44 years ago and this experience, leaving um, self-made laws and living in the abundance of natural laws, which is very part of, very strong part of the teachings of unity in the first place. Mm-hmm. In that in that consciousness, how it's it's so evident to me just from hearing your voice and and the tonality in which you you know are sharing that you indeed have found happiness well i yes uh, and i feel happy in the self I mean, one thing that that spiritual teachings help us to realize is that we all have a personality and we bring that with us from you know so many incarnations but we're not that personality. You know, the personality may be pleasant sometimes and unpleasant other times. We all have habits and we have tendencies that might be positive or negative. And we tend to identify with that personality as being ourselves. And that makes me unhappy, you know, because no personality is going to be pleasing all the time to everybody. But, you know, through introspection and especially through meditation, we find the self. And we find our real identity 
And that's beautiful, and it's infinite, and it's always understanding and compassionate and, you know, just in tune. And when we get in touch with that self, then we're happy. And so it's a matter of just having that contact, you know, like that communion, that being together with self every day, and that's where the happiness is. And then we can understand in our, for our own personalities and other people's personalities, that that's just superficial. And we, we see beyond it in ourselves, we see beyond it in other people, and we relate to people in terms of their higher self. And, I mean, that's, that's the real happiness in life, is getting beyond the veil and seeing what's there, you know, really just opening our eyes. And then the colors are more brilliant and people are more wonderful, and situations in our life, even if they're crises, we can embrace with open arms for the adventure that they are. And uh, I think every day is just an adventure that brings us more and more happiness. Absolutely. You know, no doubt about it. Um, I have um, just, I'm representing our listening audience and with my various questions and again they will find a lot of answers by watching the film and experiencing that but can someone go and just spend months at Ananda Village and some of the other places throughout the world or do you become a full-time resident what is that uh, process we have all of our all of our centers our communities and also our groups are always open and people come to study so we have a large facility in California called The Expanding Light, and they have programs all year round. People can come for a weekend. They can come for a week. They can do a work-study program for two weeks, for two months, for six months. The same thing in Italy. We have a program called Services Joy, and people can come and stay long time. In Italy, we have, I think, over... I think almost a thousand programs a year, you know, where wow. people can come. It's just amazing. We're yeah. always open. I remember in the very first years, Temple, we were just forming the community, and we ha- we've always had a retreat where people could come. And we got together, and we decided that we needed to develop the community until it was strong before we could offer something. So we were going to close our retreat. And so we told Swami Kriyananda that. We voted, Swami, and we want to close the retreat. And he laughed, and he said, if we close, if we close ourselves, we die. It doesn't matter, you know, how good or strong we are right now. It's only by being always open that the flow of energy is going to move us, you know, to greater and greater realities. And so from that moment, we embraced it. And uh, there are thousands of people who come just for a moment or they come to study. And now with this movie, uh, we're developing uh, happiness programs and community living skills. Uh, We have a three-month program that's going to start this summer so people can come and learn what it takes to live intentionally and cooperatively both on the spiritual level and also the practical level. How do you find land? How do you plan? How do you develop it? How do you, you know, set up respectful, you know, systems that don't box people in but give people the opportunity, you know, to express themselves? How do you help members to become oriented? And then after that training, which will be three months, we will support people to go out and start communities of any kind, anywhere, uh, not Ananda communities, but conscious communities. So that's, that's our service, is to help people become more conscious in their lives through coming for a visit, studying, taking programs. And then if they want to, to become part of building conscious community wherever they want to do it. The journey is just beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's our tagline. You got Um, it. Begin the journey. Oh, my gosh. The best is yet to come. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together, Shivani Lucky. You are one incredible 
uh, human being. I'm grateful uh, for your involvement with this project. And again, everyone, go to FindingHappinessMovie.com and open a new door of possibilities for yourself. Thank you so much for participating with the Intentional Spirit. And we'll see you and be in a greater awareness next week. Bless you. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God. You are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift, heal, and comfort them. As you send this radiance on, you are filled with a new sense of God's power, and you release this power to the whole world to uplift, guide, and bless all people. A day's tasks await you. But God is with you, and with God's help, all shall be done perfectly. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear It hinders your forward movement When you keep bringing up the rear Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. 
I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.